Welcome to the Automotive Architect Sales Podcast, a podcast made for the average salesman that wants to become badasses in the automotive industry. Doesn't matter if you're a green pea or a lot dog, salesman or a manager, this podcast is for you. So if you're ready, motivated, committed to change your life, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Ron Garvick. It's time to shine. Are you listening? Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you about my website, Garve Automotive Sales, Finance, BDC, and Management Training. I have over 10 years experience in turning around departments in the automotive industry to reach gross profits they've never reached before. Check out my website and schedule a one-on-one training, live coaching in your dealership, or watch my online videos at www.garveautomotive.com. Garve Automotive Training, where gross is not a dirty word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Automotive Architect Sales Podcast, live on location in the dungeon in my house. And I've got a, a guy that I have the utmost respect for. I don't tell him this uh, every every day but i do have the utmost respect for this guy his name is owen sutherland how are you doing today i'm good i'm good good deal and, and owen tell me a little bit about yourself tell the listeners a little bit about yourself where where you were born and where'd you grow up at okay um well i was originally born in kingston jamaica um i moved from jamaica to go live with my mother in new york after new york i relocated with my father in canada so i've been in canada most of my life um went to school at iowa central junior college relocated from that went to illinois for a year because i was running track and then i relocated my last year actually i took a couple years off about three years off i was just at in canada just kind of hanging out doing I'm, I'm be honest with you i really wasn't doing anything at all and then i got in contact with a buddy of mine I went to a university in Texas, and he said to come out here, try to track team, and just finish up school, basically. So that's how I found West Texas A&M, and uh, now I work at Street Volkswagen. So it's been uh, been a lot of traveling, as you can see. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. you, you started at Street Volkswagen. Now, let me ask you, how did you get into the business? Um. Well, I was uh, actually trying to work on a, a, a mobile app for college students to help them kind of connect better. Uh, and then I just went to go look for some advice on uh, how to kind of pitch my product to potential investors. So uh, actually a guidance counselor at the college kind of uh, recommended. He said, hey, man, you got a kind of a nice personality. You ever thought about selling cars? And I said, no, not really. Um, I thought it might have been fun. And then I went to a dealership and I didn't really feel that vibe because I kind of want that professional look. And then I came across Street Volkswagen and I just kept going back and going back until they finally hired me. So uh, you said you went to college. Now, what did you major in in college? Uh, My major in college was marketing. Marketing. Okay. So car business and marketing has a similar... uh, thing that, that goes together in, in the car business you have to market yourself to get yes, sir. out there right yes sir so 
So how long did it take you to get hired at Street Volkswagen before they decided, yeah, you know, you know, let's give this guy a chance? <laughs> um, I don't know. I can't fully remember. I don't know if it was a month or two months, to be honest with you. But uh, I never gave up coming back. I know they got pretty annoyed of seeing me. Right. You know, I remember uh, coming to Street Volkswagen. It, it was a different situation uh, between me and you. It took them about three months to get me to come work for them. And, <laughs> and uh, I went from a general manager of a Ford store to a salesman at a Volkswagen store. And, you know, it just took a lot for them uh, or a lot for me to to think about, do I want to demote myself, you know, mm -hmm. thinking as a manager running the store and dumbing myself down to be a salesperson. Mm -hmm. And it, it took a lot for me to, to make that decision. And fortunately, John Luciano uh, closed the deal. So we say, and got me to come over and uh, the best decision I ever made in my life. So uh, congratulations for, you know, being on, being on our team and whatnot. Yes, sir. So, so let me ask you, why did you want to be in the car business? Because the perception of being in the car business is that we're liars and cheaters and manipulators and, and crooks uh, and con artists and, and so on and so forth. And that it would give you a bad name, but with you, you were determined to come in and become a salesperson and and wanted to work at street volkswagen uh, why did you want to do that well it, it came down to two things one i was actually working at mcdonald's so i was at mcdonald's and um i just know the potential i have i know the ambition that i have to drive and i just wanted obviously wanted more and then the second thing was you know it kind of clicked to me i said oh i'm actually about to finish college you know i was one more had one more semester left i had no plans no job no nothing lined up and I said, uh, let me just give it a shot and see. So it was just kind of something different. Um, it wasn't what I was expecting, to be honest with you. Um, and I mean, with this kind of job, literally every day is different. You never get the same customer. Every customer is different. It's, it's like, kind of like problem solving, if you get what I'm trying to say. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the reason why I thought about trying it out. And like I said, it was going to teach me sales skills. That was the main reason. I really wanted to learn sales skills how to properly sell a product to, like I said, a, a customer, investor, things like that. So that was the main reason, just for experience. So how long have you been in the car business, so to say? Um, I think I'm about to go a year and a half now. Okay. So a year and a half in the car business, is it what you expected? No, not even close to it. Um, <laughs> I mean, even the, the first year, I mean, the first year into it, I was just like, whoa. You know, it, it, just everything that happened, how much I made, um, the, the things I learned. Um, and the funny thing is about it, it's not just about um, the money you make or, or cars. Like, I learned so much about credit. I learned um, so much. Even my customers, my customers give me a lot of information. So it's, it's, it definitely caught me off guard, right? So with, with the customers coming in, you know... Do you, do you have any kind of customers that you're like, man, I don't want to deal with that customer. They're just, they're so, you know, just the first uh, perception of them. You're like, I'm out there. They, they have bad credit. They drove up in the hoopty, but yeah. you're the only, you're the, you're the sucker that ran into them. So you have to do your job or you're going to get, get in trouble for, for not upping them. So yes. when you're dealing with them, what do you expect when you when you get somebody that comes up in a hoopty? They're all trashed out looking, and then all of a sudden you you realize, wow, they're an eight hundred, and they're yes. about to 
drive away in a uh, in an atlas. Yes. Um. So that's a good to- uh, good thing to touch on. One thing this job has taught me is to really never judge a book by its cover because you'll be shocked at how some customers look. And then when you pull up their credit score, you'd be shocked at how good their credit scores are and vice versa, right? You have those customers that come in looking sharp to the T and then the credit score is not really what it reflects. Um, overall, the, I'm, my kind of clientele, I'll, I'll take on anybody. It doesn't matter to me. And one thing that I noticed that some people do run away from is when you get a hard customer. I actually like that. I don't really care if I close them or not. It's the experience that you get from it because that's something that you can't put a value on. So it's kind of like if I get, I guess you guys are calling kind of grinders. I, I actually, I actually like those kind of customers, you know, I mean, give me one every, you know, you know, give me two every month or so. And that's, like I said, it's just great practice. It's great experience. Um, you really learn how to reply back to customers' comments. I think that's one of the biggest things that um, obviously, Ron, you, you've been working with me on. Um, just, you know, whenever a customer says something, just being able to have a quick response back to them. But mainly it's kind of shocking. It, it's uh, what I've kind of taken away is, it's kind of just use logic. A lot of these deals that you can close is just all based off of logic, right? It's just simple logic. Don't make it too hard. Don't make it too difficult. So uh, when it comes to customers, I, I don't care who you are. If you're on the lot, you did it by a car, and I'm trying to be the one to sell you that car. They, they always say in the, in the car business, uh, always be closing. Mm-hmm. But in this situation, you have to always be learning. Now, they say that, that if you do... 80% listening to your customer mm-hmm. and 20% talking, the customer will tell you how they want to buy that car. Do you believe that? Yes, sir. I definitely do believe that. And why do you believe that? Um, well, after a while, though, if you ever notice, just, just ask a couple of general questions. The customer will kind of ramble on and on and on and on and on. And while they're rambling, that's your job to kind of pick things out that they say and take notes, right? Um, it's kind of like, most of what happens with me most of the time, you come on my when you come on the car lot and then you tell me what you're looking for. So that kind of makes me become the problem solver. So I kind of look at it like I'm your therapist and you're telling me what your problem is. So it's my job now to figure out what car is going to fit you, how to get you inside that car and what are the benefit, you know, what benefit that car is going to have for you. And a lot of times it does work out in my favor. So let me ask you another question. What are your goals? Um, <laughs> my goal really, um, let's say for this year, uh, because last year I was pretty close to, is it called the sales society? Is that what it's called? Yes, sir. Yes. So last year we were really close to that group. Um, this year, so my goal was kind of set at that exact number, kind of like a hundred thousand, but the way things are going, it's looking like it's going to actually surpass that, which was unexpected. And um, of course, you know, a lot of that is, and I'm going to give credit where it's due. <laughs> a lot of that is because of you, your training, the way you kind of taught us. Um, if you had asked me, I, I know a buddy of mine uh, asked me just a couple of days ago, he said a year ago, you know, you coming from McDonald's and coming into this, could you see yourself in a position you're in now? And I told him, I told him honestly, I said, not even close. I had no idea what I was going to do. I didn't even, I, I just had no, nothing. I, did, I didn't know anything that I was going to do, to be honest, which I was clueless. So... That I always say that goals are the greatest opportunity anyone likely to succeed. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, have you, have you thought about what you want to be doing in the next uh, five years time? You know, <laughs> as sales professionals in the business, have you sat back and wondered what you wanted to do? Sell 40 to 50 cars a month, making over $100,000 a year? Mm-hmm. 
finding yourself being promoted into management or becoming a sales trainer and helping new and veteran sales professionals polish up their sales skills, phone and uh, video emails, skills go down another path in life. Or do you want to retire in the next 15 years, pay your kids way in college, have enough money to go to Italy, whatever it is you have, you have to have the goal to reach it. You say, I want, but what do you expect to happen? Goal setting is a process that starts with a careful consideration of what you want to achieve and it ends up on a lot of hard work to actually do it. Do you believe that? Sorry. Uh, yes. Um, so what I've thought about basically is I'm big on investments. I'm big on uh, just really just making sure you're, you're always your money is always making money for you. So as as far as the car business goes, I love the car business. I kind of find it easy. It's fun. Every day is different, like I've been saying. Um, so whatever money I make in the car business for myself right now, um, it's just just really going into <laughs> just being invested, just turning over, basically. Right. Um, the, the goal is to try and, of course, see if I can scrape that 30 car a month um, kind of ceiling. Um, I mean, if I can get there, that would be a blessing. That would be a, a great accomplishment for me because even starting to hit 29, I never I personally didn't see that coming anytime soon. And these past three months with COVID going on have been obviously the store's uh, best couple months. Right. And I know a couple of my other co-workers, we've all been saying, hey, this is our best month. Yes, our best month. Yes. So um, a lot of increase in vehicles. And a lot of increase in uh, just the financial capital that we're getting from the job. So that's everything's just a blessing. And, you know, just got to be thankful for it. So that being said, you said with COVID, um, the, the COVID crisis that was going on and whatnot. And tell the people that, that are listening how our months were during this COVID and how did it happen? How did our success happen through this COVID crisis? Um, well, when COVID started, our, you know, our general manager, he came inside uh, one of our meetings and he told us one day, he said, you know, um, in a situation where everybody else is kind of panicking and running away, we're actually going to go full force into this thing. Um, I mean, it didn't, really, it didn't really click to me because I was just like, hey, I'm just trying to sell cars, right? But afterwards, when I started seeing the numbers, because obviously my, my sales spiked, and I know a lot of my coworkers, their sales spiked also, um, it, just, it was just really unexpected. But at the end of the day, I felt like with the team, everybody just ran on just a well-oiled machine in a sense, right? Um, a lot of teamwork took place with our staff. I have my main guy, Joel, who we work so good together, who is kind of somebody that teaches me how to you know, handle my deals, how to close my deals. I think the biggest thing is if, if you do run into a conflict where you can't close something, I have a good staff behind me. Obviously, I have you, Ron. I have Shane that I can go to. I have Joel that I can go to, you know, help out. Um, same thing with the finance, Joel, and then Kyle also. So that was a big thing. I think that's the reason why we, we did so well last month. Everything was just a well-oiled machine. You had so many other dealerships, uh, dealer auto groups like AutoNation and uh, Group One. They were actually cutting their staff in half yeah. to stay away from, you know, uh, they were practicing social distancing and it, it affected their numbers. And the, with our dealership, we did everything that we were supposed to do under the CDC, mm-hmm. but still our numbers were growing. We had record breaking numbers last month in the month of May. 
that no one ever seen coming. And it and, and it it all starts with great leadership. And our general manager, John Luciano, is one hell of a leader, and he knows that he'll take the ball and he'll run with it and everybody will follow him. So the great leadership brought us to where we are today. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. So let me, let me ask you another question. Um, We were talking about uh, mentors and and leaders like John Luciano. Do you, do you yourself have a leader, a mentor, someone that you look up to in this industry? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just being, well, with my staff, with our staff, basically, of course, John, um, I might not really conversate with him, but I kind of watch from the side. I've always questioned. I said, well, how come so much guys kind of have such a strong respect for him? Because I've always come from minimum wage jobs, right? And with minimum wage job, how, jobs, how that works is it's kind of you against everybody else. It's the, it's the staff versus the, the middle managers, the GM. It's kind of like you just have a bad taste for those kind of guys. And when John, it was very questionable. I, like I said, when I first started, no one had anything bad to say about this guy. And I'm not used to that at all. But after working it and see how he operates, um, it, it, it speaks for itself. It speaks volumes, right? And I'm big on not kissing. You know what I mean? But it, oh, yeah. it does speak volumes. It, 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 like I said, it literally speaks for itself. Um, when it comes to mentors, I'm just being honest. Once again, not on the kissing butt business, but guys like you, guys like Joel, you know, guys like Shane. I watch, you know, Sammy David. I pick out a lot of things from what you know the veteran sales guys do and i try to apply it back into my everyday sales right i'll even to this day i like working deals with guys like david joel sammy because i sit back and i watch how they work and i say oh that's smart like even sammy sammy might be the grumpy type but if you ever sit back and just listen to him talk everything just flows so he makes a friend out of that customer and he's just a natural good talker Joel, Joel's more of the, I don't want to say aggressive, but Joel lays it out play by play. He breaks down everything in the structure for you. So when the customer looks at him and he, after he breaks down that structure, kind of like how you tell us, you know, write everything, write everything out, write everything out. It's kind of hard for you, to, the customer to look at you and be like, oh, okay, I, you know, I don't see what you're saying. Because at the end of the day, a lot of things do become logic. When you can, I've noticed that when you can really hit a customer with just straight facts and logic, it's hard for them to come back with a, with a, you know, a refusal or an excuse as to why they can't do something, right? So. Do you think this business is a psychological business? Uh, yes, I would definitely say that. Um, <laughs> a lot of things are just, it's just kind of how you, you, you take it. Um, I think it is kind of a psyche situation um, because you really have to think about what you're doing. But a lot of times what I've noticed with some of our newer guys and I've, I've obviously been there, right? Um, some of the newer guys, we, we kind of make things a little bit more difficult than what, it is, than what it is. You know when they say keep it stupid? I think they actually mean legitly keep it stupid. Don't make things more difficult than what it really is. Because I've tried to make deals a lot more difficult, ex- talking about things that I have no business talking about. And all I've done is chase the customer away. So when I just give them one plus one equals two logic, it, it really shuts the deal down very easy. When when I started in the car business, I was told to uh, say you were new every day. It doesn't matter if you were there for five years. If a customer asks you a question, you know what? I don't know. I'm new, but I'll go find that out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, You know, we were talking about Sammy. We were talking about Joel. And uh, and it it makes me laugh because these are the guys that I brought Mm -hmm. to Street Volkswagen. And, and it all goes to, if you know you're good, 
or you know a person's good, you want to bring them into the winning team. And it was just like as soon I was as soon as I was there, I was drafting. I was drafting the the all star team. I brought Joel in. I brought Sammy in. I brought Joel Beimer in. And it was just because I knew how they did business at their dealerships because I worked with mm-hmm. them. And and I wanted to share the wealth and the, the the business side because I knew where they were and I and I knew what would be if they came to my team. So I went out and, and drafted them because I wanted to share the wealth with these guys that we bled, sweat, and cried together at the dealership we were at. And they, all three of them are doing a great job in building their business and doing the right thing to providing for their families, just like with Joel, uh, Joel yes. Owens. Joel Owens sold me his house, or sold me my house, my very first house in, in Texas. Yeah. And so... Uh, it, it's funny to see him grow because when, when I came in, he was just a salesman. Yeah. And then to watch him grow, going into a, a BDC manager position and, and building that department to uh, higher standards than it was before, and then bringing him in to be a finance manager and and watching him grow in the finance department, it's just it's so I was sharing the wealth because when I, I moved into the BDC and as soon as I left the BDC, he was the first one that I recommended to take my spot. And then when I moved into the uh, finance director position, mm-hmm. I wanted to bring him in to be the next finance manager because, you know, it, it's just that common uh, respect. And, and I wanted to see him grow because I know he worked so hard as a salesperson mm-hmm. to grow and I wanted him to, to share the wealth and share the knowledge that I had into these other departments. So it's it's all about sharing and connecting and building your yes. business. So, you know, managers, leaders and influencers, they, they say you got to sharpen your axe. You got to you got to uh, have the tools to build a house, to build an empire, which is the car business, your 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 book of business every day. And they will help you master your craft. Do what kind of training or books or programs do you use to sharpen your axe to be where where you're at today in the car um, business? Obviously, we do. Sometimes I come to you. We do the one on ones. We've uh, definitely benefited a lot from your your, your classes that you held uh, every morning, um, kind of that Monday through Friday situation. Um, even the training that we do with the Zig Ziglar. And uh, those guys, uh, what's his name? Dave, I forgot his last name. Um, Dave yes. Cribs and, and uh, uh-huh. David Bill. Exactly, exactly. Even those trainings, um, even though a lot of it sometimes become repetitive, but that's what you need because when you start doing things over and over again, it then becomes muscle memory, right? So it's kind of natural. So, I mean, any, any objections that a customer might be able to throw at me, I can reply back to it very quickly. And then even after a while, that's why when we, we talked earlier about what type of customer do you like? Like I said, I want to touch back on that because some people don't like when customers come in and kind of kick ties around and waste your time. But I like that a lot because, like I said, that is great one-on-one personal in front of you training that, like I said, you're really not going to get. Um, and that, to me, that's the best kind of training because it's right there. It's live. It's action. It's directly in your face. Um, but, yeah, we do a lot of stuff. Even on Sundays when we go in to go um, put the leads, we have July 
and July does a, goes over some little charts. He draws pictures and does, you know, ask us questions about our newer vehicles that we have on our lot, our warranty, things like that. So at, at our dealership, the training really never stops. And if it wasn't for the training, I don't think that I'll be doing as good as I'm doing, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, the funny thing is, and when I was talking to somebody the other day, they said, man, you're just, you're just teaching these people a bunch of crap. <laughs> and it was funny because when they said you're just teaching them a bunch of crap, I was like, I'm giving them good mm -hmm. content and it's repetitive. Mm -hmm. I, I hold their accountability mm -hmm. and, and I make sure they practice every day. So you know what? You're right. You're very right. I'm teaching them crap. <laughs> content, repetitiveness, accountability, exactly. and practice. Correct. Correct. So... Um, you know, some people, they don't believe in, in training. They don't believe in uh, mastering their, their craft, sharpening their acts. And, and it's hard to watch them not grow in this business. And I've seen guys come and go in the car business because they think they know it all. Or they're not catching on because they don't want to listen. And so then you, then you, then you go to a, a, a Lids hat store and you see them working mm -hmm. in there or they're working at a Burger King and you're just scratching your head going, yes. my God, this guy had so much potential if he would just have mm -hmm. listened. And that's the big thing I've noticed uh, in anything, really. A lot of people, are, are, are they don't want to be committed to certain stuff. A lot of people just want that fast money. But anything you do in life, you definitely have to commit to it. You definitely have to train on it. That's the only way you're going to get better right so if you're not practicing mm -hmm. skills then there, there's really no growth taking place you're just stagnant so so where do you see yourself in the next five to ten i see years myself on? as a millionaire and i'm not joking i'm, I'm really serious <laughs> um I, I still think i will be in the car business because i like it very much i didn't think i would like it as much as i do um i don't know to what level i'll be in the car business but I do know that through investments and just, just making the right moves with my money, I will definitely turn a profit on that big time. But like I said, I still love interacting with customers. I still do see myself in the car business. I just don't know as to what level. That's the only thing. And, and um, that is very smart. I even told my wife the other day, I was like, in the next five years, I will become mm -hmm. a millionaire. And she was like, okay and I said you don't take me serious I'm going to be a millionaire because you know I, I don't I love the car business you know I've been in it for 11 years and and what what I like about it is you know my first year it was just all about yes. selling cars and then I found out that I was selling a lot of cars but I wasn't making mm -hmm. very much money so then I had to learn how to sell cars mm -hmm. and make money and so I asked questions. I asked how I can make money. And it was all about closing, mm -hmm. holding gross, stealing from the trade, um, penciling the right pencils. And that's, that's one of the most important things that I enjoy wow. in the car business is I'm not going to pencil the deal, giving everything away the first time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you work for it. And when I pencil the deal, instead of go give me a, an approval, uh, I always say, go mm -hmm. give me an objection. And uh, it, for, you know, so I get looked at like, what do you mean go get an objection? I want to know what part of 
the, the four square, the pencil that the customer has a problem with. And then we, then we can pinpoint where their issue is yes. and work from there. Yeah. Um, so talk about closing. What is one of your best closes that you uh, give to a customer to get them? To um, buy a car? One that works good for me, um, like I said, is just touching back on logic. If a customer is coming in on a used vehicle, right? Because one thing I know is for used vehicles, um, interest rates are usually a lot higher. Um, your payments are a lot higher. And on top of that, you have to buy. I don't like to sell used vehicles without warranty. And I just, I just keep honest with the customer. I just tell them, for one, it's to protect me so that if something does happen to the vehicle, you're not coming back at me angry. And then mainly it's to protect you, right? Um, because you, you want to add protection on, your, on that, that whatever product you buy. Uh, it's funny to me because a lot of customers would come in and <laughs> they would refuse to buy warranty. And I go, you know, I look at them, I'm like, you bought warranty for your cell phone, which is, you know, maybe $1,000 max. This is, you know, fifteen, dollars $30,000 vehicle. Why would you not protect that, right? Um, and then it's, I laugh when I do see them in service. Um, and then that warranty kicks in so they don't have to come out of pocket. But that is one of the best, that's one of my favorite closes. Like I said, just using straight logic for customers. It's, it's, it's so easy, it's stress-free. And then when you see the customer nodding and go, mm, I guess you're right, you're right on that one. I go, yeah, exactly. And I say, you know, another one that I use when it's, it's, it's like, and, and nothing that I'm doing is working. Um, you know, I'm just, trying to get, I'm just trying to get the deal, get it closed. I go, you know, what, you know, when, when they keep pointing out issues on the vehicle. So I go, well, if we can fix X, Y, Z, what's stopping you from buying this car today? So it kind of puts their back against the wall because now all that complaint is out the way what's it going to take for you to buy this car today? And they go, most of the times they go, yeah, if you can do that, then yeah, I'll take that car today. So that, those two are my, are my favorite clothes, just logic. And then just, I guess that's, I guess they're both kind of logic in a sense. Right. So. And that's funny that you say that. And I, believe, yeah, I don't want to take credit for it, but um, that those couple of closes that you gave was, uh, uh, Shaka Dyson gave me those closes when I went to his uh, F&I Closers Masterclass. It was like, if you're going to spend $40,000 on a brand new vehicle for an extra $60 a month, $2 extra a day, you can have total protection on your vehicle uh, for five years or 100,000 uh, miles. Why wouldn't you want to protect yourself in your investment for the next six exactly. years? And that, that's funny that, that you brought that up because, you know, another thing, Mr. Customer, you say your base payment is $500 a month right now, and you're correct, but divide 500 by 30 days mm -hmm. and what'd you come up with? And, and they'll say $16 a day. Now, take $89 and divide that by 30 days and what did you get? And they'd say $3 a day. So you can pay $16 a day with no coverage on your vehicle, or you can spend $19 a day, and it includes a five-year, 100,000-mile uh, coverage, mm -hmm. which would make more sense. You know, for $3 extra a day, you got you got a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, you know. Yes, yes. Sense, it? And, and you always, when you're talking to a customer – and you're presenting them the numbers, you don't want to ask them what do they think. You just want to tell them sign yes. right here. Because if you ask them what they're going to think, you already know they're going to give you an objection. You already know they're going to tell you, mm -hmm. well, I don't like the numbers. 
well, what don't you like about the numbers? You just opened yourself up for failure. You just opened yourself mm -hmm. up to lose gross. So if you don't tell them uh, what, what do you think about the numbers, you just say, I just need your signature right here and I'll get that vehicle washed and, and detailed for you. Right then and there, you're, all they have to do yes. is, is sign. And it's always been said that um, the first person to speak <laughs> yes, loses. Yes, yes, and, yes. Uh, and so many times when I hear salesmen, they present the numbers to the customer. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? And you're like, you might as well just to put a bullet in the gun, put it up to your temple and shot yourself in the head because you just you yes, just screwed yourself yes. out of gross. Um, one thing I can say so, is, that, you know, when you, when I bring the pencils in the beginning, when I first started to now, when I brought my pencils, I know the customer, they can see it in my face. Like when, when I get some high numbers, they can see it like, whoa, those numbers are kind of high. But now when I go to my desk, I literally just go, this is what you want, zero down, or worst case scenario, zero down, um, and this is how it works. I kind of just show them the top part, you know, sometimes it goes zero, thousand, two thousand, and I let them know. Once I say that, I just shut up and pass it over to them. And then they usually go, okay, we'll take this. Now, where it was in the beginning, it was, ah, numbers are too high, ah, no, we can't get to this, ah, because I would say, what would you think, right? But like I said, everything's just trial and error, trial and error, and after listening to, you know, you, Joel, like I said, those guys, I've kind of learned, hey, just shut up. That's why I said keep it, you know, keep it simple. Just shut up and don't say a word. It works. It's, it, it's the weirdest thing. You wouldn't think it works, but it does work. It's funny you keep bringing up the keep the keep mm -hmm. it simple, stupid, keep mm -hmm. it simple, silly, and or keep it uh, keep yeah. it simple selling. And you you keep up bringing up Joel, and I know. If he listens to this podcast, um, he's going to – I'm doing this because if he listens to the podcast, uh, he he's going to laugh at this. And Who do you think trained <laughs> Yes, we, we, we know you trained him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's funny because uh, he always says, oh, you take credit for all my success. Well, yeah, because before, before – uh, you met me, mm -hmm. you weren't selling crap. You weren't selling content, repetitiveness, accountability, and and uh, mm -hmm. product. So I had to, and the, and the funny part about Joel was when he came into the dealership where I was working at, at before, and funny thing is I was a, uh, I was a salesman okay, hiring okay. a salesman. <laughs> So I hired him and I was a salesman. <laughs> How dumb was that? <laughs> but it, the bad part about him working with me when I was a salesman was I was always learning. I was always trying to better myself so I can sell more cars. So um, when we were working together as a salesman, we had two other salesmen working with us. And the bad part about it was I was the one selling. I was the mm -hmm. one making lots of money. And I really didn't care if he sold anything and made any money. I didn't care if any of them did. Yes. I was out for myself. Long story short, the GM that was there mm -hmm. got fired. I got promoted. And now I have a staff full of salespeople that 
barely made three grand a month at this mm-hmm. dealership. And I was like, oh shit. I gotta yeah. train these guys. These are the guys that are gonna make me money. These are the guys that's gonna uh, help me buy a house or make my house payment, make my car payments. So I had to, I had to, to suck it up and and train these guys and show them how I sold cars, how I made money, and that's no different anywhere. And that's, you know, basically what I do at Street Volkswagen is. If we have 20 guys and they both all 20 guys yeah. make 20 grand a month, just imagine where the manager's <laughs> income is going to be. So I've always preached you've got to respect your sales guys because your sales guys are the ones that are making you the money, mm-hmm. the manager's the money. So you've got to train them, you've got to teach them, you've got to coach them, you've got to counsel them. On yeah. making a profit, on closing deals, because if you don't, yes, you're sir. not going to make any money. So, uh, Owen, you know this has been a great interview. I really enjoy talking to you, and and I know this is a a different side of me that you see uh-huh. when it comes to. Um, uh, Ron, because you go ahead and tell everybody how am I usually at work? Oh man, um, <clears throat> we 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 look at Ron. We can tell what mood Ron's in by his facial structure. So if it's kind of grumpy, we know just keep walking past the glass. Don't even walk, say say hi, you know. <laughs> but if if you're smiling, you're waving, and we come inside and we bother you, say hey, what are you doing? What's up? So it's two different sides of Ron right now. So, but yeah. <clears throat> But when, but when I'm in the office and I'm and I'm in a bad mood, mm-hmm. where it looks like I'm in a bad mood, and everybody always says, "Oh man, you're." And in you know that's mood. something I'm that I'm, we, we just started to learn. Well, I'm just starting to learn. I can't speak for everybody else, but I noticed that whenever your your face is just serious, you're normally in your training or reading something about how you're gonna, you know, how to close deals better. That's what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and the reason is, I don't care how hard you work how hard you train, how hard you uh, try to sharpen your axe. I will work harder for you yeah. than you will work for yourself. And because I've been in those shoes, I've been mm-hmm. in that seat where you're at, and I've noticed that if someone mm-hmm. doesn't train you, you're never going to be as Agreed. successful as you want to be. So I do the training. I do the reading. I do the videos because I want to see you guys succeed. I want to see you guys become one step further to that financial freedom mm-hmm. that you so desire. So, yeah, my my mean face, my, oh, he's in a bad mood face, that is Ron is concentrating on how yes. to better his self stuff. <clears throat> so... Well, my friend, it was a pleasure having you on. It was uh, a lot of information that I didn't know that about your your history. Um, I, you know, I do have the most respect for you. Uh, don't tell you all the time, and come tomorrow morning, I will not tell you that. <laughs> no, I'm playing. Um, but you, you've grown. You've grown on me. Um, you know. 
I, I took you to go visit and meet my family, which I don't do that very often with anybody. <laughs> I think that was the first time for you and my wife uh, that she got to meet my family. And uh, so um, <laughs> you shouldn't feel that special. <laughs> but, and you know, it, it's just you surround yourself with people Correct. that will help you grow. And part of me is mm. I have nothing against my family, um, but they don't have the same mentality as me. Mm-hmm. They don't think like me. They don't understand us. They don't understand business minded yes. people. So it's, it, and if you bring negativity into my life, if you bring anything that is a poison, a toxin, I don't, I don't have time for it. And so, so when it comes to my family, they don't understand Mm -hmm. people like you and I. So it, it, you have nothing to talk about. Basically, that's what it is. You have nothing to talk about because the first thing they ask you is, oh, you're in the car business. Can you sell me a car? No, I can't. I I don't sell the family. I don't sell the friends because in the long run, if mm-hmm. anything happens to that car or they don't think they got yeah. a good deal, mm-hmm. they blame it on you. So I don't sell the family. I don't sell the friends. It, that, that's just been my mentality because I don't want that to mix with my personal yes. uh, relationship Indeed. with them. So, that being said, this is... The episode 12 interview with Owen Sutherland from McDonald's French Fry (laughs) prior to almost, you know, you're about, yeah, you, you are. I looked at the numbers the other day. You're going to be well over the $100,000 a year club. So congratulations there. Just keep plugging it in. Keep pushing. Keep sharpening your axe. And my friend, within the next two years, I believe you'll be in the two thousand dollar club. And you just keep rocking and rolling and doing a great job. And uh, yes, sir. Likewise. I'll see you on the flip side. All right. Hey, what's one more thing? One last thing that you would tell the listeners out there? Well, the piece of advice from <laughs> Owen Southern. What piece of advice would you give? A, a new salesman, a veteran salesman, or just somebody in the car um, business that's having never a Never settle. Um, it's, it's weird. The car business is weird. It's just something I've been kind of talking to. Actually, some of the veteran guys at the, at, at the job, um, I'll say, you guys know how the car business is very weird. One week you go dry, dry, dry. You can't sell anything. And then, boom, the next week, everything just starts lining up and knocking out, knocking out. So don't let one week, you know, shatter the next three weeks of potential growth, Right. Um, you just on to the next one. Don't let it stress you out. Don't let it bother you. Right. Just always keep a positive attitude and move forward. And that's really what's been kind of getting me through everything. So it, I'm very thankful for that. And uh, before we go, I do want to say thank you to you because the reason why is um, I laugh all the time because last year you were kind of trying to beat into my head, do this, do that, do this, do that. And I kind of just brushed it off and ignore everything. And then this year I finally listened to you and uh, the difference in pay. It's so drastic, it makes no sense. And I sit back and I look and I think, I'm like, if I had just listened, there's no telling how much I would have made last year. So 
I do want to say thank you to you for obviously helping me out with that process, right? <laughs> it took it took two yeah, years, but it finally <laughs> happened. And I, I plugged in your head over and over and over. Do this, do this, do this, and then when you kept refusing, I'm like, all right, well, you're gonna learn yes, the hard way yes. then. And then you did. You you seen what Joel was making, and you're like, how in exactly. the heck are you making so much money? And he said he what was the words that Joel told you? From Ron, so. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, and you think I'm hard on you? I am definitely yeah, that's hard what he says. on Joel Marquez. <laughs> he, there's no excuses in my book mm-hmm. because I've been there. So any excuse that I get was the excuses that I was giving, and then till I decided to shut up yes, and listen to my inner self, then I started pushing myself. Going, you know what? If I if I just get out of my way, yes. I'd be successful. And, you know, that's the best part about being successful is if you get out of your way, you'll find the way. And no, or, and I said this before and I'll, I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. When I ran out of excuses, exactly. I found my results. So my friends, yes, I just do what I do to help you. You're 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 very welcome, and uh, it's it's just been a great journey to watch you grow from where you were when you first got into the car business to where you are now, and it, and I take a little bit of pride in it. I know I'm not the only one uh-huh. that had had something to do with it, but I take pride in it because the way you've handled it and. The, the people that come up to you and talk to you and send their friends and family to you, it, it's just, it's crazy because seeing older people, elderly people sit at your desk and just have mm-hmm. a conversation with you. They, and then when they come into the finance office, they just like, man, we really enjoy Owen. He's such a great person. He was so professional. He listened to me. Yes, and sir. it's like, wow, <laughs> these old people mm-hmm. love Owen. <laughs> because you take time. You, you're, you're not OCD or ADD or high definition ADD. Yes, you yes, just sir. sit there and you mm-hmm. listen to them. Yes. And that's what they want. The older people want you to listen to them. They'll tell you how they want to buy that car. Wow. Well, Owen, I appreciate it again. It's been a great, uh, great interview. And uh, you have heard this on the Automotive Architect Sales Podcast.